Tough Love is brought to you by my new book, Love Language. It's my memoir that centres around family, music, food and finding love. It's out now at all good bookstores across Australia and online. Links are in the show notes for you. And for now, enjoy this episode. Previously on Tough Love. I'm sitting in my car with a snack lock bag filled with ice. Two and a half weeks or two? Uh, About three weeks. Three weeks? I finally confessed what's been going on. You can only trust in like what you want to see or what you want it to be and then you have to just work towards that. We cancelled my flight. The pace that I used to live at was never going to fulfil me because I never stopped long enough to even know what I was doing half the time. And instead I booked in to see a specialist. Balls up in the air, baby. <laughs> All right, do it right. Don't forget to lock. I know. I, know. I, can't, I can't afford to lose your suitcase. The rash was so painful. But the truth is that Los Angeles isn't going anywhere. And I've waited years to get back at this point. I can wait a few more days to try and sort whatever the hell was wrong with my face. It's been frustrating. Um, but I'm just hoping that it'll calm down for the next couple of days so that I can get on a plane and then I can figure out to see a specialist. I just want it to be less uncomfortable for now, which it is. It's stopped being so itchy and it's stopped being so swollen. It still looks pretty fucked. I wish you could see me right now. I have to go. I have to put an ice pack on. And you know what? Making the tough call to put your health first can pay off. A few days later, the situation improved. I saw my GP, I got some medicine, and I was able to rebook my flight. Yeah, because I've tried so many different steroids and non-steroids and nothing got rid of it. So this has cleared it for now, but I know that I need to see someone so I can actually figure out what the cause of it is so I can then not have to treat it with steroids. Um, the one thing I will say is I'm actually at the airport right now because I'm flying overseas for the next month. Yeah, that's me at the airport, okay, locking in a time so with an immunologist to get to the bottom of it. Yay, I'm so relieved. I was like, before I fly, I have to call and make an appointment. Yeah. I was fucking <laughs> pumped to get that Thank sorted. Things are looking up, up, baby. I wanted to have some sort of exciting montage of what it was like to be back in LA for you. And it was exciting, um, but not in the Hollywood way, you might think. As we touched down, I had a conversation with a guy about Taco Bell. Yeah? Yeah, it's best. I always hear about it. I should go. And then reconnecting with Magnus in our home was lovely, of course. Oh, how cool are these little bottles? Just hanging out is special. It doesn't matter where. Mmm, smells so good in here. In fact, my first night back, we ended up in a crystal shop somehow. Truth or Consequences, great book. 
And those are real. Is this one sound? Lessons I learned from being dead. We need to get that book. Hold on. This is the most powerful instrument I've ever seen. That's it. <laughs> That's so good. Remember, this isn't the forever trip. This is just a nice little visit while I'm getting my visa approved. When and how that will come, I have actually no idea. I've heard news stories about a massive constipated backlog of applications, so it could take months. Right now, though, it's just time to enjoy this new city that I hope to call home. I fucking made it here. And a really fun part of that is catching up with old buddies. It's about 33 degrees. It's fucking scorching out on the street. I'm out on Fairfax Avenue and standing watching the traffic go by out the front of a little pizza restaurant because we're meeting someone very, very special that I haven't seen in literally years and years. While I was trapped at my dad's place throughout the pandemic, this person was trapped in her apartment in Brooklyn in New York City with her family. This person's name is Amelia Chapelo. I first met her when I was about 22 years old. We were both working at Triple J. She was producing The Breakfast Show. And I just remember thinking, who is this tiny little blonde pocket rocket who is so optimistic about everything and is amazing at her job? We stayed friends for years. And when I first moved to LA back in 2020, we were like, this is fucking sick. You're in New York, I'm in LA, we're probably going to get to see each other more. And then COVID happened, and what we ended up doing was through our long-ass FaceTimes and phone calls catching up across the pandemic, we started talking about a podcast that we could do together called Tough Love. And so she's the woman that started it with me, and while she's not on the mic she's the one that I'm talking to all the time to get shit done and she's actually moved to LA now in 2022 which is crazy which means we're going to be living in the same city and she's just texted me what she's saying oh she sent a little voicemail I don't really know where to go anyways I'll be there soon as bye It is wonderful to see Amelia. We made this whole podcast together from opposite ends of the earth and now she's standing in front of me. It's a bit surreal, to be honest. Did you find all your stuff? Did you find your clothes again? This is a dress. I've been thinking about this fucking dress for two years because I bought it just before, like we, I was meant to move over, and I was like, "This is gonna be the best summer dress. I'm gonna, it's gonna be so breezy. I'm gonna wear it whenever it's hot." And then I just fucking never saw it again. And it sounds so stupid, but like opening that wardrobe and seeing 
clothes and sweaters and shoes and like jewelry from my nonna and that my mum that I'd brought over I was like when it's a special occasion I can wear this brooch of nonnas and I can wear these earrings that Magnus's mum gave me for Christmas and then oh well what it shows you is that I could fucking live without it and I actually didn't need any of it all I needed was like a recorder and a pocky on zoom yeah it's been really lovely and I feel like I have slept more and relaxed more in the last few days than I have for oh so For a long time. A long Sex time. makes a big difference. <laughs> I'm bad. I'm bad. Uh, anyway, uh, should we go in and have a little snacky? Yeah, shall we have some lunch? I can't believe I you're know. in LA. We've talked about this so much when we were like, oh my God. I love a chilli flake. Not too strong. Not too spicy. Just a nice flake of chilli. <laughs> We head into John and Vinny's for pizza and the conversation turns to LA. It's starting to sink in, I think. If my visa gets approved, this will be my home. I feel happy about the city. I feel happy about the traffic. I love the cars, but I I feel so happy about the consistent weather. But it's so easy. Everything's just easy to get around, to do. I love that about it. What do you think? I feel like I could have a really nice home here and a really nice life here. And I feel more settled in that decision than I ever have before. Way more than I did even two years ago when I was here. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Way more. I freaking love LA palm trees, don't you? Me too. Apparently they fall apart and they can land on your car. (laughs) What the fuck? Being here and on a high has made me even more motivated to make sure I take care of myself. When I eventually do go see that immunologist, they'll tell me, just as we might have suspected, that my face breaking out into these sore, purple, swollen hives is being caused by stress. You know, we activate a stress response in our body when we wake up in the morning, when we need to get to work or present at a meeting. So stress is a normal part of life. And ideally, mostly, it's manageable. I've got to understand what is going on here and what I can do about it. So I hit up clinical psychologist and the host of the Crappy to Happy podcast, Cass Dunn. Stress, like the the definition, it's like it's pressure on a system. And when you can cope with that pressure, that actually cultivates resilience. But when it gets too much, it exceeds our capacity to cope. And it can be really toxic, not just for our emotional, psychological well-being, but our physical well-being. It puts pressure on every system, every organ in our body. Cass mentioned tension headaches, lockjaw, stomach and digestive complaints, fertility, sleep, even heart palpitations. How often do people think they're having a heart attack when it's actually anxiety? Cass pointed out to us that the research linking the psychological with the physical is clear, but the connection is still a shock to a lot of people. <laughs> what? You, what are you saying? This is psychological? <laughs> um everything physical that happens in our body, we assume has a physical cause. You know, there's something biological going on, which there is, Mm. but it's that connection between what's happening in our brain and what messages that sends to our body. All of the stress responses in our body, the release of the cortisol and the adrenaline and just the, all of our biochemistry, how that is affected. And then how that over time 
particularly if it's there's no break from it, how that then starts to manifest as actual legitimate physical complaints. The concerning thing with this, stress I mean, is that you might not realise the pressure that it's causing you until you see it pop up as a rash on your face the week you're meant to be flying overseas. Many of us, if you're going through a period of a stressful time in life, we're so consumed with just doing what we need to do and getting on with what we need to get on with, then we're not realising that all of this other stuff is going on in terms of our physiology. So it's very much out of our conscious awareness until we start to then suddenly experience some of these negative effects. It's like I'm finally learning this lesson that I can't outsmart my body as much as I want to. Like, we actually can't fucking outsmart what's (laughs) going on down there. (laughs) No, you can't kind of think your way out of it or talk yourself out of it. I can't believe the narrative. It's going to do its thing. It's going to do its thing. It's going to do what it's going to do. Yeah, but we have this mindset, don't we? We we handle all of our problems in life with our intellectual thinking Mm. mind. I think that's just because that's what we've always been taught. That's how we solve problems. And one thing that I teach people is that you can't communicate with physiology through language. This is why nobody in the history of calming down ever calmed down by being told to Mm -hmm. calm down. So you can only communicate with your physiology using your physiology. And this is why psychologists tell people, take slow, deep breaths. It sounds so simplistic. It's like, yeah, 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 like breathing, whatever. But that is the way we communicate to our physiology, movement, yoga, you know, deep breaths, sending a message to our nervous system that we're safe mm. as opposed to just telling ourselves this is ridiculous what are you going on about like the, you know no you know all of this rationalizing yourself out of what's going on thinking that that's going to solve the problem what can we actually do to acknowledge what's going on and feel better in the meantime so I think that's really important, just that acknowledging. Like I said before, oftentimes when we're really in the thick of it, we're just getting on with it. We're not necessarily stopping and slowing down to check in with what what's going on until we start to, maybe we get a little irritable. Maybe we start to get a little more tearful than usual. You know, maybe some of these physical things start to show up. We're not sleeping. So it's really important during those periods to make some time to kind of take a break, to slow down, to spend some time with some slow, deep breathing, some meditation, some time in nature, something that's going to calm your nervous system. The thing is that when you're really pushed, when you're going through something like it's really big and busy, usually what we tell ourselves is, I don't have time for that. Like we just, and the first things that we drop are those sleep, catching up with friends, going to the gym, you know, all of the things that are so important for our health and well-being. When we're really under the pump, they're often the first things to go. And so it's we've really got to switch our perspective about that and really make it a priority. So I've taken you to what is possibly the least calm, most intense, most stressful strip in Los Angeles, if not maybe the fucking world. Uh, We're walking along Hollywood Boulevard and I am stomping on celebrities. So there's Andy Garcia on my left, just past Ashanti and the Backstreet Boys and InSync. Vin Diesel's coming up on my right. I'm taking my time here. Eddie Murphy's behind me. I'm looking at the ground. 
I'm looking at the blue sky. I'm listening to the four different songs that are blasting out of four different souvenir shops and I'm practicing mindfulness. And somewhere between Grace Kelly and Kevin Bacon, I notice that I feel good. I feel better than I have in a long time. Cass says a mindful walk like this one can help us regulate our emotions. Managing our thoughts. You know, when I say mindfulness, I mean, you know, really checking in with erasing thoughts and bringing yourself back to the present. Uh, When you start running away with all of the worst case scenarios and the what ifs, which is often what happens when we're feeling really stressed, we're going down that path of we're either back in the past, thinking about what hasn't happened or should have happened, or we're off into the future, thinking about what needs to happen or what might happen or what might go wrong, so that you're really coming back and grounding ourselves back here in the present moment. Right now, in this moment, everything is fine. Even just repeating that little mantra, whatever might happen in the future right now, in this moment... I'm safe. In this moment, I'm fine. In this moment, nothing's wrong. In this moment, I'm just eating my dinner. I'm just having a conversation with you. In this moment, I'm just walking down the street. Not regulating, not staying on top of stress is a risk. So the next thing that happens is that we actually completely crash. Uh. And we, we, we crash into what we call hypoarousal, which is it's almost like the freeze response, but it's it's basically that is that's burnout, mm. and that is very hard to come back from. And the people who are the most conscientious are the ones who are most likely to, like, bunker down and just I'm just going to get it done. They're the ones I told you that they they just stop seeing their friends, they stop going to the gym, they stop sleeping. They'll just because that's a waste. They need to work later to get the stuff done, and they're the ones who spiral down and down and down and down through like what we call this exhaustion funnel, and it can feel like there is no other solution. And it's not because there's not. It's not because the only solution is that you just have to keep working until it gets done. It's because you've just, your brain has narrowed and wrapped itself around that problem and convinced you that there's no other alternative. Mm. It's because you've lost that sense of perspective. For me, when I've been at my worst state of stress, I um, experience panic attacks. Um, It's just that feeling of literally exploding, like feeling like you just want to yell or scream or the tiniest things irritate you and send you over the edge. This is Steph Claire Smith, powerhouse podcaster, mum and businesswoman. She co-founded Keep It Cleaner, aka Kick, an online fitness program and podcast. And she's been pretty open about her mental health along the way. It's about being able to recognise the earlier signs so that it doesn't have to get to a point where it is, like, fully taking over. Fucking hell. Sound familiar? Steph has learned to mitigate stress before it blows up. And just like Cass said, Steph knows things get tricky when we don't make time for me time. And by me... I mean you. Whenever I get to a point of explosion, I've realised it's because I might have not exercised in a long period of time. I might have not, you know, meditated or journaled or done anything for my for my mental health. And then I've also not connected with friends or I've also not spoken about my feelings, honestly. Like there's a number of different things that I realise when I get to that kind of explosion point. Oh, okay. I really could have <laughs> done a few of these things and that might have prevented it. I don't think you can 
prevent the feeling of stress completely, but to the point that it like completely takes over, there's definitely things you can do. Okay, so my face blowing up is not inevitable. Steph mentioned chatting with people. Now, I was in such a state recently that I didn't even feel like I could talk to Magnus about it. That is wild. Asking for help or asking for guidance or just talking about how you're feeling. Because I think we always think that we're putting a burden on someone else by like being open about how we're feeling if we're not feeling good. It's like, oh, they look like they're having a really good day. So I don't really want to down the mood and be like, well, I'm actually feeling really shit and I'm really scared because this is due and oh, I can't do this. And it's they nine times out of 10, unless the person is like completely like selfish or narcissistic, they're not going to love the idea that you're not feeling great and they're going to do their best to, to make you feel better about it or to even just listen. And that's the thing is I think you think that that person might not have the fix for you. So what's the use in even saying something to them? But sometimes, honestly, just speaking to someone like a friend and them hearing you and being like, yeah, uh, yeah, I feel you. And that's like all you need to hear sometimes. Yeah. You know, they don't need to give you the fix. I think the big, literally ugly as fuck lesson I'm learning here is when I feel stressed, I need to acknowledge that. So stop ignoring it, Linda. And hey, what if I share how I'm feeling with someone? That's a nice idea. And I need to find time for me time. And by me time, I mean me time. This could include getting back into my body and also being present. I'm talking regulation, baby. And take my visa situation, for example. I'm in LA right now. I don't know when my visa will arrive or get approved, but right now, in this moment, I am safe. I am happy. I can enjoy this time while I'm here. And after all that, knowing all this, shit can still hit the fan. There was a time more recently where I... I had a few emotional breakdowns, but I didn't have like a full panic attack. So I was kind of like on the edge. And that week there was just a whole lot going on both personally and through work. And again, this is where I'm so fortunate that my business partner is also my best friend and who really cares about me because there was a few moments that week where I pulled up to the car park about to get into the office and I had to call her and be like, I'm completely aware that we have a team meeting um, this morning, but if I come into the office right now, like I, I'm, even as I'm speaking, I started to cry and I was like, I just need to do like a walking meditation or something. I need to take a minute. And she was like, of course, take a minute. Like she's not going to be like, well, too bad, suck it up, come in. Like we'll delay the, delay the meeting 10 minutes. It's all good. You need to take a breath. And so I think, but, but in your own mind, before I made that call and before I've, you know, been comfortable with being so open with her, I would have said, mm, just suck it up and do it. Like, yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> suck it up and go in. Yeah. And it made the world of difference. Like, of course, the rest of that day, I wasn't like sunshine and rainbows. You know, the meditation didn't like transform me into this like amazing, happy, life is amazing kind of person. But it at least helped me through the first part of the day. And then I just made sure that there was time where I was sitting by myself that day. And then when I got home, I did what I needed to do to kind of just like come. And it was kind of a process, but at least doing those tiny little things like talking about it or taking five or ten minutes helped me avoid full breakdown where I would have had to take like at least a whole week off or something like that.
I got from hip to door. Wanna make your mom better carry the line? Five, six, seven, eight. A couple of weeks later, I get an email with some news. I call my fucking brother. He says yo. Yo. Yo, can you hear me? Hello. Oh, yes, I can hear you. Oh, my God. Hello. Can you look at your phone? Uh, yes. Case approved. Yeah. Your, what's that? That's my visa. It just happened, did it? Yeah. Cool. So now what happens? Uh, so now I can feel a great weight. I did the rounds, of course, and called dad and mum too. Oh, congratulations, darling. Thank you. Pardon? Pardon? Wonderful. Wonderful. Oh, thank you. I feel very, very (laughs) happy. (laughs) Finally, you're... That's good. And and your mum got COVID, you know that... I do know that mum has got COVID. Cough uh, yeah. was nothing, nothing in my chest. Yeah. Like a couple of days ago, cough, like wheezing cough, but still nothing cough out, you know? And the yellow on my nose only on that afternoon. And that was it. I didn't have a blocked nose or have to take cold throw or anything to sleep. No. The only one, two penny dogs I took on Thursday night when I felt that fever. When you're feeling cold, there is a fever fighting with the virus. Next time on Tough Love. What the fuck is this guy doing? This is the original neck brush from Italy. It's heavy. <laughs> it's heavy and I'm weak. <laughs> Janet is in full Janet mode. Oh my God, here we go. I'm in the thick of it. Oh my God, I'm going to get hit by people. Ah. Tough Love is a podcast by me, Linda Mariano. It's produced by me, Amelia Chapolo, and Adair Shepherd, with support from Mike Williams. That's it. <laughs> Want to find out what happens next? Follow Tough Love so you never miss an episode. If you like the show, why not support us by rating and leaving a review? Help us connect with more tough cookies like you. And you know I always love hearing from you. If you want to get in touch, you can email me, hellotoughlove at gmail.com or you can say hello on Instagram at toughloveteam. Okay. That's it. Thank you. Love you. Ciao, ciao. Hey, it's Linda. Hope you enjoyed that episode of Tough Love. I wanted to let you know that my book, Love Language, is out now. It's a true story about the ways that we show love. It's a memoir that centers around my family, music, food, and falling in and out of love a few times. I also write about people-pleasing, guilt and perfectionism and, yeah, there's a lot of very juicy scenes in there. So if you like this podcast, then I hope that you'll read the book. It's out now at all good bookstores across Australia. It can be shipped online, overseas, to wherever you are. And if you'd prefer to have the book read aloud to you by me, then you can also get the audiobook. All the links are in the show notes of this episode. Thanks for listening.